Hello, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us today on Fiona's R&D Tax Credit Podcast. My name is Raheem Walji. I'm the Director of R&D Incentives here at Cross-Border Solutions. And today we have David Eilsberg from the National Association of Manufacturers to talk to us about the R&D credit, some of the proposals that are being discussed in Congress, as well as how those proposals will directly impact the manufacturing industry and what changes are needed in the law to help make sure that those manufacturing entities remain competitive and keep our U.S. economy driving forward. David, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. So just a little bit about myself and then a little bit about the NAM. I am Senior Director for Tax Policy for the National Association of Manufacturers. I have been with the NAM now for nearly two years. Before then, I was on the Hill for a little bit over 13 years doing tax policy both in the Senate and then in the House, where of note, I was in the House working for a senior member of the Ways and Means uh, Committee. That's the tax writing committee in the House. I was up there during tax reform uh, in 2017. So in terms of the NAM, the National Association of Manufacturers, uh, we are the largest industrial association in the United States representing manufacturers from small manufacturers to global leaders in every industrial sector and in all 50 states. Uh, This is an industry, by the way, that has the largest economic impact of any sector. And as we were speaking today about research and development, R&D, this is a sector that leads all others when it comes to private sector R&D spending. In fact, nearly two-thirds of private sector R&D is done by manufacturers. Uh, So in 2018, that came out to nearly $270 billion. Bottom line, Uh, R&D is the lifeblood of manufacturing and is what helps to spur innovation, competitiveness, and the creation of good, high-paying jobs. It's why a tax code that encourages R&D, that supports R&D, is a key priority for us at the NEM because a tax code that supports R&D, you know, helps to support growth uh, in the industry. At the end of the day, innovation is key to economic growth. And speaking of the tax code, and I know that we'll get more into this shortly, but there is a looming tax change that would make it more expensive for manufacturers to do R&D. And so this is, you know, we are leading the charge to prevent this from taking place. And so, you know, I would just conclude by saying that folks may not realize it, but manufacturers play a critical role when it comes to innovation in this country. Hi, I'm Matthew DeMello, and you may know me as the host of the Fiona Show Cross-Border Solutions Weekly Transfer Pricing Podcast. And while I love to discuss transfer pricing, this podcast isn't the only place you can hear me doing it. Cross-Border Solutions recently relaunched Transfer Pricing University, a live webinar series where you can learn about modern-day transfer pricing, everything from methodologies to comparables to preparing documentation to meet country-specific regulations. Good stuff, I know. Chief Economist Mimi Song leads the sessions. I just ask the occasional obvious question. Since our program is NASBA certified, you can earn one CPE credit for joining each session. Pretty sweet. So what are you waiting for? Join us for Transfer Pricing University Weekly. Classes are free, so now you really have no reason to miss it. Sign up at xbs.ai slash tpu. I would absolutely agree with you. I think people 
definitely gloss over sometimes what the opportunities are that manufacturing brings to the country and the economy and what the needs are of that industry in order to remain competitive and productive from an economic standpoint and, and hopefully profitable so they can continue to remain operational. In terms of the legislation that you talked about, and we definitely will be coming to, to some of those things, I want to talk a little bit about one of the other proposals that's in Congress right now from Congresswoman Walorski. Uh, her proposal would double the R&D tax credit um, and allow more companies to take advantage of it. So from your perspective and the NAM's perspective, why is a bill like this helpful? Sure. So, you know, first a word on the R&D tax credit. It wasn't all that long ago we were focused on making this credit permanent. Since its creation back in 1981, it was extended more than a dozen times. And this obviously created uncertainty for those doing R&D. And so we at the NAM helped lead the effort to get the R&D tax credit made permanent back in 2015. Um, I think it's easy to sort of lose sight, but that was a major uh, issue, a priority for, for the NAM is to finally get this tax credit you know, permanent. With respect to the Walorski bill, and for those who may not be familiar with it, it would help further innovation, would help to further support R&D by doubling the traditional R&D tax credit from the current 20% to 40%. It would double the alternative simplified tax credit from 14 to 28%. And then finally, it would make it easier for small businesses to access the R&D tax credit. And I can tell you from the NEM, we really appreciate Representative Walorski's leadership on this. You know, we have, for example, called for enhancing the R&D tax credit as part of our onshoring plan to help ensure that uh, the U.S. continues to be a competitive place to do innovation. And again, the Walorski bill would very much fit that priority for for us as as the NEM. In terms of the R&D credit, you know, in the past and and today, what are some of the problems you've observed and how might doubling the credit address those? So besides expanding access, what are some other challenges that you think a, a proposal like the one that Congresswoman Walorski and her colleagues have presented would, would help address? I, I think the, the, the big part of this here is that it would you know, really be helpful in terms of ensuring our competitiveness, right? Ensuring that the U.S. continues to be a global leader in, in innovation, priority for us here. You know, according to the OECD, the U.S. currently ranks towards the bottom when it comes to tax incentives for, for R&D. So more specifically, the U.S. ranks 26 out of 36 OECD nations. And, you know, as you probably well know, there's an intensifying competition around the world for R&D, and we cannot, nor should, nor should we sit still. And so it's absolutely critical that the U.S. Uh, is an attractive place to doing R&D you know, it's again, it's a key to powering economic growth. And so when you look at the Walorski bill in terms of, you know, doubling the tax credit, that very much will help to encourage to spur innovation here in the U.S. And I'll just also note, you know, the other piece of, of, of her bill in terms of making it easier for small businesses to, to access it can be a challenge, especially if you're a new or young business. Uh, you don't really have taxable income, just the way that the credit operates can be really difficult to, to, to qualify for it. And so by making it easier for uh, these types of businesses to access it, this is just yet another way of helping to support uh, innovation here in the U.S. 
Note to multinational companies everywhere, if you think the coronavirus has affected your bottom line, take a look at how it's devastated the economies of governments around the world. And where do you think tax authorities will look to make up for all that lost revenue? That's right, your transfer pricing. You can't afford to be non-compliant, but then you probably can't afford to pay for an overpriced consultant who bills by the hour either. Oops, sorry, Big Four. We've got the answer. Cross-border solutions, AI-powered transfer pricing software keeps you in compliance by preparing accurate, hyper-localized reports that protect you from transfer pricing audits, penalties, and adjustments. And our technology is available for one flat fee, a fraction of what you'd pay a big-name consultant. Again, apologies, Big Four. Stay in compliance and on budget with cross-border solutions, AI-driven transfer pricing software. It's no wonder we're the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. There we go again. I'm so sorry, Big. You know what? Wait, who am I kidding? Sign up for a free demo of cross-border solutions transfer pricing technology today at xbs.ai slash tp that's xbs.ai slash tp currently has a requirement that would affect how r&d costs are amortized starting in a couple of years what does that mean for for companies that that are performing r&d and the economy overall if the the tcja provisions come into play Sure. So I think first, uh, an explanation on this on this issue on this coming tax change. So, beginning in 2022, the tax code will make it more expensive for businesses, manufacturers to undertake R&D uh, by no longer allowing businesses to immediately deduct their R&D spending. So instead, manufacturers and, and others will be required to deduct their spending over a number of years. I'll note that since 1954. Businesses, again, like manufacturers, you know, have been able to immediately deduct their R&D expenses. And when we're talking about R&D expenses, uh, we're talking about uh, things such as researchers' wages and salaries, the materials and cost of running research facilities. Now, if this were to go into effect, make no mistake, it would hurt U.S. R&D spending in jobs, which is why rolling this back, this, this coming tax change, is a major priority for us at the NEM. You know, according to a recent Ernst & Young study, if this provision, this amortization provision, were to go into effect, it would lead to a loss of more than 20,000 R&D jobs in the first five years. And when you take into account the spillover effect from R&D spending, nearly three times as many jobs would be affected. So, you know, we are talking about, when we're talking about R&D jobs, we are talking about really well-paying jobs, jobs that pay nearly 135000 a year. And I would note that there's a very strong relationship between R&D spending and jobs. So, for instance, for every $1 billion in R&D spending, 17,000 jobs are, are supported in the U.S. And then, you know, from a competitiveness standpoint, the U.S. would be the only developed country with such a policy. And, you know, I mentioned before the OECD ranking with respect to tax incentives for R&D. I mean, it would stand to reason that we would, you know, fall further behind in, in the rankings if this were to go into effect. So, you know, the bottom line here, this is a harmful policy. It would hurt jobs. It would hurt R&D spending. It would hurt innovation. That's why, you know, we here at the NAM have been leading 
uh, the business community and preventing uh, this from going into effect. Wow, huge, huge impact that could be coming on the horizon here in the next couple of years. We're, we're really passionate on, on this issue and it's it's again, it's a key priority for us. Absolutely, I can understand. So, so that leads me into my next question, which is another one of the proposals that's currently in Congress. So, Kansas Representative Ron Estes introduced something called the America's Innovation and Competitiveness Act, right? Hopefully, directly talking about what you were saying, which seems to repeal this amortization requirement that would um, that would come into play with the TCJA. So if this proposal were to be accepted or this provision within the proposal were, were to be accepted, how would that incentivize companies to invest in R&D here in the U.S.? And how would that impact not just starting metal, but of course, the manufacturing industry? As I had just said previously, you know, the NEM, you know, we are leading the business community on this issue. And so we have worked very closely with Representative Estes, as well as Representative uh, Larson on this issue. And I will just, you know, let me know for the record that this is a bipartisan bill that is led by Representative John Larson, a Democrat from Connecticut, who's a senior member of the Tax Writing Ways and Means Committee. And we were able to work with both to get this bill introduced, uh, which would repeal, as you noted, the amortization provision. I'll make an observation here for your listeners, and that is you know, R&D has traditionally been a bipartisan issue. And so this bill reflects that bipartisan tradition. If you look at the members who have co-sponsored the, the bill, uh, it shows broad support across, you know, the entire political you know spectrum. And, you know, to your question of what would this mean for manufacturers, for, for businesses, repealing this provision would help ensure that the tax code continues to support innovation because the way that this provision works, if it were to go into effect, is it would make it more expensive for companies, for manufacturers to do R&D. I mean, it would really, it would hurt the ability of companies to undertake critical uh, you know, in, in innovation in, in this country. And again, and this is a policy, so the ability to immediately deduct expenses uh, that's been around since since 1954, and this sort of go to effect, it would just, you know, again, have serious impact on, on, on jobs, competitiveness, and innovation. And we are, again, really pleased to see that there is strong bipartisan interest in, in addressing this coming tax change. Absolutely. A global pandemic, a grim economic forecast, feeling the squeeze, an R&D tax credit can help lower your burn. If you qualify, the IRS and some state governments will give you a tax credit equal to 10% of your company's spend on development activities. You can even take the credit against payroll taxes if you're in the red. All you have to do is claim it. So what's stopping you? If an expensive application process is turning you off, sorry, now you really have no excuse. Cross-Border Solutions AI-driven R&D tax credit software eliminates the need for pricey consultants and allows you to apply for R&D credits all over the world for one low fee. After all, why should you have to spend your whole R&D tax credit on getting your R&D tax credit? It's your money. Keep more of it with Cross-Border Solutions, the global leader in AI-driven tax solutions. Request a demo today. Visit xbs.ai slash rd. That's xbs.ai slash rd. Just from your perspective, you know, why would the TCJA 
have this sort of sunsetting of, of immediate reduction in the cost. Why, why would this proposal even be there to, to essentially have this extended amortization come into play in 2022? Was there any legislative intent behind it to your knowledge? Sure. So there is, I can say that there, you know, really isn't a policy reason for this. There's nobody in Congress who supports this policy. But if you go back to when, you know, tax reform was being crafted, uh, it was done under a budget process known as reconciliation. And what that means is basically it's a measure that can pass the Senate with 51 votes, but also under reconciliation, there's a sort of a budget target that needs to be met. This was really put in at the end of the day to help make it all work number-wise, but not because of a policy interest to change the tax treatment of R&D spending. Understood. So it was more of a budget-related item in order to get things under that cap. There were these adjustments made. Okay, that, that makes right. sense. From your perspective, you know, there's there's multiple proposals, as we've talked about, going on in, in Congress right now, both you know, stimulus-related and directly R&D-related. Um, what message do you hope that these proposals, you know, specifically, of course, the, the repealing of the amortization requirement, what message do you hope that this sends to companies who don't think they qualify, to manufacturers that are concerned about this, this policy? What message do you, do you hope that these proposals send? Yeah, so I would say, you know, even in the midst of the intense partisanship in Washington, one of the issues out there that continues to garner strong bipartisan support is R&D. I mean, again, you just look at the amortization issue where you have bipartisan legislation in the House to, to repeal it. You have a, a senior Democrat on the tax writing committee, no less, who is the, the lead sponsor for, for the legislation. You also have bipartisan, bicameral uh, legislation to make it easier for young new small businesses to access the R&D credit. And so, you know, I think that traditional bipartisan interest, you know, remains. And I would also sort of underscore that I think the bipartisan interest in policies that further support R&D is actually increasing uh, in this time of COVID, in particular, the, you know, conversation about strengthening and and further securing supply chains. So I think, you know, bottom line, I think no matter what the political landscape may look like next year, that I think that the outlook is promising for, you know, for policies that that further support R&D in the U.S. And uh, just as sort of a a final note, from a manufacturing perspective and from your perspective, are there other aspects of R&D that you think could be enhanced or modified to help other domestic manufacturers in the U.S. besides some of the proposals we've talked about, sort of a, a wish list, if you will, or any, any other ideal changes that maybe are being discussed with you and, and, and your team, as well as other businesses within the industry? You know, again, I think what I'd come back to is, one, do no harm. It's important that the tax code does not hurt innovation, and that's why it's a top priority for us to prevent this amortization provision from going into effect. And then second is to, to further incentivize our R&D, such as the, the Walorski bill. And so I think when you, you take those into account, th- those policies, uh, those bills, you know, would really help uh, the, the industry in terms of continuing to undertake the, the important R&D work that, that, that it has been doing and, and will continue to do. Well, David, those are all the questions we have for you today. We really, 
truly appreciate your time, your expertise, and your perspective on some of these very important matters that are going to affect a lot of businesses and a lot of jobs here in the U.S. And it was great to get to talk to you about some of the opportunities that are present in Congress and how they will help not only the manufacturing industry, but other companies performing R&D in the U.S. So thank you very much for being here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much to our audience today for listening in. We hope you found this podcast very insightful and educational. Again, my name is Raheem Walji, the Director of R&D Incentives here at Cross Border Solutions. Thank you very much and a shout out to Matthew DeMello for engineering this podcast. And we hope to have you again next time.